Good afternoon, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll have details on the G3 Grow Beyond Scholarship. And up first in today's country comment, we'll chat with the Executive Director with the Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Yesterday, the federal government announced an investment of over $1.1 million for the Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association. The funding will be used to develop a new forecasting web-based tool that will help farmers and stakeholders better understand and manage extreme weather events within the Assiniboine River Basin. Here's MFGA Executive Director Duncan Morrison. It was a great day uh, for Manitoba Forage and Grasslands Association. Uh, we uh, received some very uh, official notice of some uh, general, um, some very, um, very important uh, funding for Manitoba Forage and Grasslands, a quanti model, a uh, phase two forecasting tool, which will help producers, um, you know, uh, be able to kind of take a look at what's going on on the landscape out there and do their planning accordingly. Yeah, I guess uh, just tell us a little bit about this um, Aquanti model. I know we've talked about it in the past, but uh, maybe tell us about the f- the first stage and then where things are heading here. For sure. Well, this forecast tool fits well with the land management ability. Um, what it is is that it looks at technology that now exists to leverage existing real-time hydrologic, hydrologic meaning water, uh, you know, water data feeds, weather forecast information and remote sensing, and it pro- to provide like hydrologic forecasts that inform all aspects of the water cycle. So the tool um, is very important because it will give farmers, land managers, ranchers the ability to better manage their operations in the face of these incredibly, increasingly variable times of uh, water deluge or uh, dry conditions. So um, we're quite happy about this interactive tool. Yeah, and I guess this will this will just be something web based where um, producers can access that or. Yeah, for sure. It's built up. The first phase of our quantity model is through um, growing forward through funding from um, the federal government, Agriculture Canada, uh, Agri-Risk Initiatives, and also the province of Manitoba. And um, phase two is very much more of a, um, a producer-orientated um, um, tool that uh, will showcase how beneficial soil and landscape management practices could potentially influence soil moisture, groundwater, and surface water conditions over seven days. But, yeah, exactly. We're going to house it on our MFGA uh, website. It will have access to a portal built by our partners at Aquanti. And, uh, yeah, we're trying to, we're going to, we're, ho- we're hoping to get it into as many producers' hands as possible. Unfortunately, that won't be until probably mid-2022 when we start testing it out. And then, of course, to launch it uh, the final year of the Canadian Agriculture Partnership 2023. Yeah, and I guess talk a about you know the importance of a tool like that, uh, I guess in a year like this, you know where we we saw some, we saw dry conditions and and some rain now, but um, how, how could a tool like that help? Oh well, for sure. Well, the main point is that the producers are able to be knowing the current state and future trend of key water sources, both for crop growth and, of course, for livestock planning. So with the planning, there with that ability to look at okay, what's coming down the pipe? What's coming down the pipe at me from groundwater discharge? What's coming down here uh, for soil moisture? What are the stream and river flow rates? Um, and then, of course, they're able to uh, to relay that into their field operations and their feed and their water supplies. This would be specifically for the Assiniboine River Basin, then? 
That's correct. Yeah, yeah this will be prior. This particular tool will be delivered across the Assiniboine River Basin. Um, it also has um, uh, very real opportunities for producers in uh, Saskatchewan as well. That was Duncan Morrison, Executive Director with the Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. In the weekly crop report, Manitoba Agriculture says rainfall in several areas has provided a temporary reprieve from dry soil conditions and saved crops in many cases. Timely rains will be needed in one to two weeks' time to sustain continued crop growth and yield potential. Drought has already negatively affected tillering and yield development in winter cereals and in some cases for spring wheat as well due to fewer tillers than normal in some regions, depending on soil texture. Some crops may be maturing quicker than normal and moving into reproductive stages faster than expected. Due to drought stress, severe flea beetle pressure across nearly all of Manitoba has resulted in widespread foliar insecticide application and reseeding. Herbicide application is ongoing. And many farmers are breathing a sigh of relief following the recent rain, Justine Cornelson is with the Canola Council of Canada. That rain made a huge difference last week, especially areas into kind of western Manitoba that we haven't had a whole lot of precipitation this spring. Areas receiving anywhere kind of that two to five inch range. So uh, the the rain was definitely uh, appreciated. With that being said, for the canola crop, it's really making it bulk this week. Uh, paired with this this hot or these warmer conditions, and we're starting to see that canola crop start to form rows out in the field and actually look like something. And the Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association will be receiving an investment of over $1.1 million from the federal government. The funding announced yesterday will be used to develop a new forecasting web-based tool that will help farmers and stakeholders better understand and manage extreme weather events within the Assiniboine River Basin. Here's MFGA Executive Director Duncan Morrison. We're going to house it on our MFGA uh, website. It will have access to a portal built by our partners at Aquanti. We're hoping to get it into as many producers' hands as possible. Unfortunately, that won't be until probably mid-2022 when we start testing it out, and then, of course, to launch it uh, the final year of the Canadian Agriculture Partnership 2023. This is the second stage of the Aquanti project. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Wednesday, June 16th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll have details on the G3 Grow Beyond Scholarship. Winners have been announced for the G3 Grow Beyond Scholarship. Melissa Gallet is an education specialist with Agriculture in the Classroom Canada. Agriculture in the Classroom Canada is super proud to partner with G3. We wouldn't be able to provide this scholarship opportunity without G3. Um, and so the scholarship is available to grade 12 students who are entering post-secondary education. Uh, there are six scholarships available valued at $4,000 each. Uh, and the submission is a two to four minute video where they can outline their vision for the future of uh, technology and innovation in Canada's agriculture industry. Yeah, and we had uh, six winners this year. Take us through the list there. Yeah, absolutely. So we have uh, a good spread across Canada. We've got Ebenula McKinney from Manitoba, uh, as well as Stefan Shabelsher from Manitoba. And then we have three Saskatchewan recipients, Jessica Davey, Casey Code, and Zoe Assant. Uh, and then a re- uh, Ontario representative as well, Rachel Zhu. What was the um, turnout this year as far as um, submissions? 
Yes, we had a total of 55 applicants this year, and each and every one of them was absolutely amazing. Our selection committee had a very uh, challenging task at hand to select those six winners, um, and we were just super impressed with the, the submissions from this year's application. Talk a little bit about the, uh, the voting process and uh, the response there. Yeah, so each um, each applicant was asked to submit a two to four minute video. Um, so that video is part of the criteria for the scholarship. But 25% of the overall um, criteria is public voting. And so each applicant's video was up on the g3growbeyond.org website. Um, and we had more than 16,000 votes cast on those videos. And so a really wonderful um, representation from across Canada of folks watching the students' videos and seeing who they felt had the brightest idea for Canada's agriculture industry. Now, is this the uh, second year for the program? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we are super excited that G3 partnered with us again for um, this year's scholarship. Uh, and so it's our second year, and uh, the applications keep on getting better and better. That was Melissa Galay with Agriculture in the Classroom Canada talking about winners for this year's G3 Grow Beyond Scholarships. Continuing on today's Prairie Eggwire, Glendalee Allen Vossler talks with Dr. Samia Baraez, a wheat pathologist with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada out of the Swift Current Research and Development Centre in Swift Current. Today they focus in on Fusarium head blight, a key disease issue for prairie wheat producers. Fusarium head blight is a threat for the wheat production uh, in Canada and it's uh, challenging more uh, the durum wheat production. And uh, this, we saw that in like the recent severe uh, epidemic in 2016 that caused uh, like Saskatchewan durum growers close to $1 billion of losses. Um, FHV, fusarium head blight, uh, does not only cause yield loss, but also uh, causes quality loss. It impacts the quality of the crop uh, with the presence of fusarium damaged kernels. We call them the FDK. And those FDK, they are uh, also full of mycotoxin. Uh, the fusarium uh, graminarum, which is the, a fungus causing fusarium head blight, produces a mycotoxin called dioxin uh, valinol. We call it DON, or farmers, they know it more as vomitoxin. Uh, this this mycotoxin uh, has a huge impact, like um, high level crop can be rejected at the elevator. So that's the uh, that's the big threat of uh, fusarium head blight uh, in the growing and the wheat growing um, areas. Um, and what we look for um, out in the field, uh, fusarium like graminarum, the the fungus will will infect. Um, at early, like during flowering, early kernel uh, development, it uh, it it might like it causes it causes the, either the loss, complete loss of the kernel, or uh, the production of shriveled, small, uh, shocky uh, uh, wheat kernels, and that is uh, a complete loss of uh, of the yield. And uh, farmers they look for um, bleaching. Of the heads of the wheat heads, so the bleaching uh, could be uh, on the entire head, on only a few spikelets, like partial. Uh, so that's uh, that's how we we know it. Uh, sometimes with the conditions, uh, we can even see the mycelia uh, of the fungus developing on the head, which is kind of like a kind of pinkish purplish uh, uh, color uh, on the head. Uh, but uh, but yeah, like favorable conditions, like presence of moisture 
and uh, presence of warm conditions. Those are the best condition for fusarium to infect and to, uh, to spread. I've been talking with Dr. Samia Barayas. She is a wheat pathologist with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada out of the Swift Current Research and Development Centre. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen-Bossler. Thanks, Glendalee. That's it for the Prairie Egg Wire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glendalee Allen-Bossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Egg Wire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Canada's Farm Show is going virtual this year. Takes place today and tomorrow. Go to canadasfarmshow.com. And Egg in Motion invites you to join an online session entitled Getting On With Growing, Vigilance and Crop Care, June 23rd at 9 a.m. Registration details can be found on the Egg in Motion website. Time now for another look at today's farm news. The federal government announced today that the new $165.7 million Agricultural Clean Technology Program is now open to applicants. The new program provides farmers and agribusinesses with access to funding to help develop and adopt the latest clean technologies to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. It will allocate $50 million specifically for the purchase of more efficient grain dryers. Yesterday, the federal government announced an investment of over $1.1 million for the Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association. The funding will be used to develop a new forecasting web-based tool that will help farmers and stakeholders better understand and manage extreme weather events within the Assiniboine River Basin. Here's MFGA Executive Director Duncan Morrison. This forecast tool fits well with the lands management ability. What it is is that it looks at technology that now exists to leverage existing real-time hydrologic, hydrologic meaning water, uh, you know, water data feeds, weather forecast information and remote sensing, and it pro- to provide like hydrologic forecasts and inform all aspects of the water cycle. So the tool is very important because it will give farmers, land managers, ranchers the ability to better manage their operations in the face of these incredibly, increasingly variable times of uh, water deluge or uh, dry conditions. The tool will be built by Aquanti, a water resources science and technology firm located in Waterloo, Ontario. And some canola growers are reporting damage following recent severe weather. Justine Cornelson is with the Canola Council of Canada. High winds paired with the heat uh, was causing some of that uh, later, the the stuff that was really slow to come up and out of the ground, so some of that younger stuff that was still at the cotyledon stage, uh, they were being burnt right off. Um, and I know that was kind of, um, you know, focused around the, the Portage region. Uh, there was lots of complaints of that happening. And, and just on kind of the lighter land, so those sandier soils, um, that, those sandier but also really darker soils were taking in a lot of that heat. Um, so they were really warm to begin with, and then that wind just kind of finished them off. They They pretty well burnt right as soon as they popped out of the soil. That's where the plants were being burnt off. Cornelson says the canola crop is really taking off after the recent rain and the heat now this week. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Wednesday afternoon. Joining us now on the program is Anthony Mintenko, a fruit crop specialist with Manitoba Agriculture. Well, it's been a very unusual spring, as we all know. We had we went from one week of frost warnings to the next week extreme temperature warning. So uh, it's been a little bit 
successful on many fill the fruit plant, but they are either are flowering or starting to flower a lot of the crops. So um, we did have some frost damage around uh, kind of Winnipeg, South Interlake, uh, Eastern Manitoba on strawberries. Uh, but everything seems to be recovering quite well. And well, at least for strawberry growers, we they do have irrigation set up. So even with this high temperatures, they're able to keep the moisture levels at a good level for the strawberry plant. So they are doing well and in full bloom right now. Just a thought on the recent rain there. That was a very welcomed rain. We, I mean, irrigation is fine. Um, I know, I know some of the growers have concerns about, um, the amount of irrigation water, off, whether it'll last the season. So any rain we can get is, is welcome. And a, and a rain is always, uh, good for just to help, uh, incorporate fertilizer and that type of thing. So, um, yeah, it was definitely needed. And um, it just seems like we're on a kind of like a, a timely rains are needed to get us through what are really July temperatures occurring right now. Any issues with um, insects or anything like that? Uh, yeah, starting definitely the insects with the warm weather are definitely you know, out there becoming more numerous. Uh, so, yeah, some of the growers, strawberry growers, have started just control applications for some of the pest species that uh, affect the blossoms. So, yeah, it's definitely, um, they're definitely out there. When is the crop usually ready for, for picking? So, for strawberries, usually it's late June, early July, and I think we're looking at July still. Um, for raspberries, kind of early to mid-July, and that looks about right as well. Saskatoon's probably the same as well. That was Anthony Mentanko, fruit crop specialist with Manitoba Agriculture. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll get an update on Manitoba's cereal crops. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.